Yom Kippur is the Day of Atonement, and is unquestionably one of the most important days of the year. And yet, it's an anomaly. While one might assumably categorize it as a day of suffering and sadness, Chazal referred to Yom Kippur as a spiritually uplifting day of atonement and rebirth. And there's even an element of the day that's associated with the happiness of Purim. It's called Yom Kippurim, the day that is like Purim. And at the same time, though, it's a fast day. And we normally categorize fast days as times of mourning and sadness, such as Shavasar Batamuz and Tishabav. So how is Yom Kippur different? And in many respects, the customs of Yom Kippur have an ascetic tone. We don't eat or drink, we don't engage in marital relations or wash ourselves, we don't even apply any ointments or perfumes. And these types of restrictions are generally associated with sad days. As is the fifth prohibition of the day, which is not wearing shoes, which is a very strange restriction. What's the connection between shoes and Yom Kippur? And interestingly, there's another instance of removing shoes, which is completely unrelated to fasting. In this week's Parsha, Parsha's Vayilech, Moshe Rabbeinu prepares to hand over the mantle of leadership to Yoshua. A fascinating parallel between these two great leaders is that both of them were instructed at different points to remove their shoes. Moshe, when he first spoke to Hashem, was told to remove both of his shoes from his feet. And Yoshua, when he was told by Amalach Hashem to remove his shoes, he was only told to remove one shoe. So, aside from the curious difference between Moshe and Yeshua, why, were, why was Moshe commanded to remove both shoes and Yeshua only one, they were both commanded to remove their shoes. So, what's going on? What's the deeper meaning behind removing one's shoes? And how is this connected to removing our shoes on Yom Kippur? Arguably one of the most important concepts in life, albeit one of the most misunderstood, is the nature of the soul. Most people believe that they have a soul, some spiritual essence within themselves. However, the deeper Jewish forces reveal that one of the most profound spiritual secrets you can ever learn is that you don't have a soul. You are a soul. In other words, the soul is not an aspect of yourself or some spiritual component of your being. It is your very self. You are a soul, a consciousness, a spiritual being. When you say I, You're referring to your soul, your inner sense of self. You have a body, emotions, and intellect, all different aspects and expressions of your soul. But at root, you are a soul, an shaman, infinitely expansive consciousness. And a soul is angelic, perfect, pure, and transcendent. And this is what Chazal referred to as your fetal self when you were still in the womb, just before entering this physical world. However, the moment one enters this physical world, the infinite expansiveness of the soul is confined within the physical body, its container, its vehicle in this world. And the body is meant to be the tool of the soul, allowing the soul to fully manifest its will in this world. And this is our mission in life. We enter this world with an undeveloped vehicle, our limited body. And the soul, our existential self, is already perfect, but we don't yet have access to the fullness of our true self. And as we journey through life, we tap into greater and greater aspects of our soul, our self, and we must then manifest them into the world through our physical bodies. And in doing so, 
we uplift our physical vessels and enable them to tap into greater and greater aspects of our true self. This is the beautiful cycle of life, the endless expansion and expression of self into this physical world. And while this perspective is both powerful and fundamental, its implementation eludes us. It is perhaps humanity's most central struggle. Many people believe they are a body, a physical, finite being. Having forgotten our true selves, we're born with the illusory belief that we are only that which we see. When we look into the mirror, we see a physical body, and thus we believe that this is all that we are flesh and bone, but this is merely our starting point. The turning point in life is the moment we realize that we are angelic souls in a physical casing. We are not physical beings attempting to have a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings trying to uplift our physical experience. And this is the central theme of Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur is the one day of the year that we completely free ourselves of our physical limitations and embrace our angelic selves. This day embodies true teshuva, where we return to our ultimate root, to our spiritual and perfect selves. Chazal categorized Yom Kippur as the one day of the year where we each have the ability to become a malach, an angel. On this day, our lower selves and our physical urges are powerless. They cannot bring us down. And Chazal formulated this idea through the following gematria. Hasatan, also referred to as the evil inclination, has the numerical value of 364. And there are 365 days in the year. And in the lunar year, there are 355. But if you add 10 of the Aserismid Teshuvah, you still get 365. So Yom Kippur is the one day where the Satan, the Yitzhahara, has no power over you, where you can fully transcend and experience angelic perfection. And this is why there's a custom to wear white on Yom Kippur, and why married men wear a kittel. It's because we're expressing our purity. And the Shema is a pure, radiant light. And on Yom Kippur, we set our focus on the spiritual root, transcending the opaque physical world. This is why we go to the mikvah on Erev Yom Kippur, because the mikvah is an experience of rebirth, returning back to our angelic root, back to our fetal perfection, where we learn kol kula in the amniotic waters of our mother's womb. And that's why we fast on Yom Kippur. I mean, there's a paradoxical relationship between our body and our soul. The soul, which is the self, the consciousness, the inner being, is transcendent, spiritual and infinite. And you can't see it, you can't touch it, you can't smell your mind or consciousness. You'll never see someone else's inner world. The body, however, is finite, limited and physical. And you can see it, you can touch it, you can smell it. The soul will never die, but the body will eventually age, wither and fall apart. And if the soul and body are completely opposites, then how do they stay together? Shouldn't they be like two opposite sides of a magnet completely repelling each other? What's the glue that attaches them together? And this is the deep secret of food. Food creates an energy which keeps your neshama connected to your body. What happens if you don't eat? You get faint. What happens if you continue to fast? You pass out. And if you still don't manage to eat, your soul will leave your body and you'll die. Eating keeps your soul connected to your body is what keeps you alive. And that's the concept of fasting. Fasting disconnects, loosens the connection between your body and your soul. It allows you to become a malach to transcend your physical body. And we fast to allow our soul to transcend so we can experience one day of living in an angelic state. 
And this principle sheds light onto all the Yisurim of Yom Kippur. We don't engage in physical relations because Yom Kippur is a day of transcending the physical aspects of human experience. And this is also why we don't wash ourselves or wear perfume, because we avoid engaging our physical bodies as well. There is, however, one halacha that still remains elusive, which is, why don't we remove our shoes on Yom Kippur? So Nefesh Achayim explains the profound spiritual concept of shoes. The body uses the shoe as a way to travel through the world. The lowest part of your body goes into your shoe to allow you to walk. And this relationship between your body and shoe is the same exact relationship between you, your soul, and your body. You are an angelic soul, an neshama, and your body is your container, your shoe, which allows you to interact with the world, to move around and actualize your potential. And na'al, the Hebrew word for shoe, also means to lock, because the shoe locks your feet in and allows you to walk around, and your body locks your angelic self in, your consciousness, your soul, and allows you to control it and use your body to navigate this physical world. So Nefesh Achaim explains the spiritual concept of removing your shoes is the same concept of removing the soul from the body. When you take your foot out of your shoe, it's like taking the angelic soul out of your body. And in Yom Kippur, we're transcending our physical bodies. We're transcending our physical vessel, our shoe. And we represent the concept of loosening the connection between body and soul by removing our shoes, our physical vessels. And now we can go back to our question of Moshe and Yoshua. They were commanded to remove their shoes. Why was Moshe commanded to remove both of his shoes and Yoshua was only commanded to remove one? So the Malbim explains that prophecy is the concept of transcending your body. It's a transcendent experience where you connect to Hashem. And Moshe was on a much higher level. He completely transcended and got the highest level of Nevuah possible. So he took off both of his shoes. Yoshua, however, was on a lower level. So he didn't completely transcend. He only had partial transcendence. And therefore, he only took off one of his shoes. It's beautiful. And this is the unique opportunity that Yom Kippur represents to transcend, to experience the infinite. Unlike other fast days, it's not a day of suffering and mourning. It's a day of spiritual transcendence. As the famous quote goes, on Tishabav, who can eat? On Yom Kippur, who needs to? This is why the Rambam states that on Yom Kippur, we rest from eating. It's not a day of prohibition and suffering. It's one of completely embracing the spiritual, tapping into our absolute root, our truest sense of self. May we be inspired to fully experience our angelic selves as Yom Kippur, and then infuse the totality of our spiritual acquisition into our physical life, elevating our actions and intentions as we move this physical world towards its ultimate spiritual root.